0: Locked on Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network. Your on. team every Locked
1: day. on Cowboys. on. Cowboys.
0: I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool, and this is the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Thank you for joining joining us today. Uh, we're going to do some all 22 notes from the Cowboys' Week 13 win over the Saints. Landon and I had a chance to watch some of the film over the weekend, but before we do that, Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
1: Good, good. I, I don't know if everyone knows, but I got a lovely new backdrop. Look at this; they're all professional here. So, uh, but I'm excited. We're 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 getting the home stretch. Uh, the NFC East teams are talking trash all, all, all throughout Twitter. Uh, and it's about that time, man. It's we're, we're we're we've entered December, and it's time to hit that final stretch. And and for the Cowboys, that usually means playing a, a, a long stretch of of NFC East opponents. Yeah, I,
0: <laughs> we're going to talk about the NFC East here in just a second. But do you realize that there's a somewhat realistic chance that we get three NFC East teams in the playoffs this year?
1: I I don't want that. <laughs> I don't. I I mean, not necessarily because I'm worried about playing them. It's just more. Just uh, that that seems like an ugly weekend of football, uh, for the Washington and Philly. I'm assuming and, and New York is, uh, uh, I assume out of it. But but you know, then again, yeah, I assume out. New York and Washington were out of it for a while ago. So there's also the possibility that all the rest of the NFC teams completely imploded somehow uh hope against hope the giants are into
0: if, if the playoffs started today washington would be the sixth seed in the nfc and philadelphia is the eighth seed all they got to do is pass the 49ers here and they'll be in the playoffs so what a what a wild wild year uh we're going to get to them in a little bit we we will say the, the little brothers of the nfc until the end of the show uh yeah. but let's talk about the cowboys landon yeah uh we're going to go through some of our all 22 notes i want to start with the offense do you think the offense is broken after watching the film from Thursday night?
1: No, I mean, I still feel the same way that I did kind of with my initial watch through. And, and it feels like there's some play sequencing issues. There's some maybe trust in the lineups that they had at the time. Um, but I don't think that there's like anything wrong necessarily with the personnel. I don't think there's anything wrong with Dick Prescott and his accuracy. I, I think it, it, it really was a case of a playing a very difficult that new defense. defense. Is good. And it's yeah. well coached.
0: It's talented and Absolutely.
1: well. Coached. Yeah. And and I think that they've got it's it's filled with dudes, you know, that that are willing to make plays that are making plays. I mean, even the guys uh going in that we kind of were poo-pooing a little bit like Quan Alexander had an incredible game. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you know, me a culpa on that because he, he hadn't had a great season necessarily so far, but he played fantastic. Uh, and then there was lots of dudes along that defensive line. The defensive tackle group was just brutal. Was really tough. Uh, I kind of <laughs> I made a meme at some point on on Twitter of uh, uh, the you know the dog all pumped up and then the kind of weak looking dog. And 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 I did think that the difference really was that you know that the pumped up dog was the Saints defense, man, the, the, yeah. of oh, the run defense specifically when they when they were playing the run, like they were just hard to move off the ball. Uh, they were fighting through double teams, able to make solid tackles. But when it was past rushing time, it felt like just, you know, especially by the end of the game, mm-hmm. Dak had all day. Dak was just sitting back there and, and, and was really kind of unbothered at certain points. So, uh, it, you know, I think that that caused the Cowboys' problems early is just how good the Saints' run defense was and the fact that the Cowboys wanted to run the football. Uh, and then once they kind of realized that they could easily make hay with throwing the football, they changed a little bit of their kind of play sequencing, uh, and then they found some success – specifically early when they were throwing the football.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about Dak uh, because I think you're right. I, I think Dak was pretty accurate in this game. Is there a couple throws? I think he wishes he could have had back. Yeah. I think the one to CD lamb where on fourth down, I think he, in hindsight, he would have thrown that ball with a little bit more loft. Let's see the adjust to it, but he had a guy right in his face. What it's what it's, it's a miss. It's whatever. Other than that, he was pretty good in this game. It's just, as you mentioned, the play sequencing and the, some of the play designs I just did not love. So I don't think it's a problem like their quarterback is broken or anything like that. It just seems like they're a little out of sorts. And I think part of the reason why is, man, Connor Conor McGovern's just not as good as Connor Williams. I know Connor Williams gets more holding penalties for whatever reason, but on the other 65 plays in a game, Williams is just better. And it seems like that's having a big impact on the offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I, I hate to be like that, but I mean, you you and I have been saying this since the, you know, since it happened that this is probably not something that the Cowboys should have done. Uh, and the timing of it was questionable to you know, say the least. The reason that it
0: makes sense is if you're looking long-term because McGovern has another year left in his contract and maybe Connor Williams is leaving. But if you want the best five linemen on the, out there, McGovern isn't one of them.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, they've had, uh, and uh, to be clear, we should probably give, you know, them a slight benefit of a doubt in the sense that they have done this in the past and found success with, you know, being able to get uh, Terrence Steele some snaps when, when it was important and and to get him some, his feet wet and get him used to playing NFL football. And then eventually, you know, they didn't have a choice. They had to put Terrence Steele out there because they didn't have enough tackles. But, I think this is a situation where it was an unforced error. It was unnecessary. I understand that Connor Williams had gotten a lot of holding calls. I, I mean that's that's undeniable. Uh, but I think you said it like you know, two or three holding calls in in the span of sixty plus plays where Connor Williams is playing good football and the rest of it. Um, you know that's that's kind of rough and and I think that's the issue, right? is that uh, do you would you give up two or three holding calls? Uh, for for you know, sixty five, sixty five <laughs> well, plays of lesser football. So, and here's the
0: thing: is it's not like if we bench Connor Williams, all of a sudden all the holding p- calls are going to go away.
1: No, right? Exactly. yes
0: yeah. we saw McGovern get penalized a couple times in this game, so I just I don't understand it. But
1: yeah, I think I think it's you know just based on watching the tape the last few weeks, and and look, the idea is that it's going to improve as he gets more experience. But you know, as it is right now, uh, it, there's. I I just think that there's a risk that you're going to continue to kind of throw things off a little bit if you don't find a way to put Connor Williams back in. And and, and it it was a little bit more disruptive, I think, than they anticipated. I I think it helped having Lael Collins back last week, and I think that they should continue to put Lael Collins out there, right tackle. Uh, But, you know, again, in back-to-back weeks, unprompted to swap out two starters of the offensive line when you're on a short week – uh, it just seemed ill-advised, and, and, and ultimately, I think it, it kind of bit them in the butt.
0: I've got another question about the offense for you, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about DirecTV. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. In the best part, there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. All right, Lynn, a couple of things since the Denver game, we're seeing a lot more of teams go cover zero or cover one against the Cowboys and just load up guys on the line of scrimmage, even on early downs. And the Cowboys have chosen sometimes to run into heavy boxes. And when they throw out of these, you know, against this personnel grouping and the alignment, they don't always have success. So what's the key for the Cowboys to beating a lot of cover zero and
1: cover one coverage? Well, getting healthy. I mean, having Cooper, uh, having Amari Cooper back, I think is going to be a huge thing. Simply because it makes, first of all, it gives you one much better option to kind of beat the the uh, blitz. It's to you know if you get if you get Amari Cooper one on one, and, and that's the other thing too is that part of the reason that you that, that teams felt like that they could get in cover zero and cover one is because you didn't have Amari out there or you didn't have C D out there, or you didn't have both, right? And when you ha- don't have three guys out there who can easily beat one-on-one coverage, uh, it, it's a lot uh, less dangerous to to kind of, you know, send the whole house and, and, and worry about whether Dak's going to be able to figure out in time because uh, you're not going to have guys who are going to gas you so hard. So I, I do think that once... Now that you've got your full complement of wide receivers back, hopefully they're all kind of healthier than they were last week. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more difficult for teams. To, I mean, I'm sure teams will still try that because it ha- they've had some success there. But I, I think it's going to be more difficult for them to have success uh, moving forward if, if the Cowboys have their healthy complement of receivers.
0: I agree with you. I would also like to see Kellen Moore do some stuff pre snap to help the receivers out. like give Get some more stack formations in there just to try to confuse defensive backs, run some more natural pick routes to to get guys open in space. Um, I'm hoping with the 10 days off, uh, that's something they kind of figure out. Uh, Other than that, Lane, I don't feel like there was too many big takeaways here on offense. I mean, it's kind of been the same issues that we've seen over the last month. And now with Amari Cooper fully, fully back, we're hoping that things get better, right?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like I said, out, Outside of the early down runs, I mean, I think beyond that too, uh, just running into the teeth of uh, into the tackle specifically instead of trying to get it outside, you know, not having that same variety in your run game. And honestly, like we don't understand. I mean, admittedly, we don't understand the mechanisms there for how the run game gets called. I, I do wonder how much the run game suffered from not having either your, your, your uh, offensive line coach or your assistant offensive line coach, not just in the adjustments that get made, but also just in the play calling. I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, these guys are the ones who are designing the run game in the large part. So not having them there to kind of see what is and what isn't working on a deeper level, uh, I I think, you know, was, was a loss for the Cowboys and, and hopefully, you know, something that they're going to, you know, be able to rectify next week when they when they get those guys back healthy.
0: All right, let's go to the defense. Um, I, a million different places we could start let's start with a positive i think Oso so had the best game he played in the last two months like he had some games where he really struggled um he did not play well on thanksgiving did not play well against the chiefs it was nice to see him have a bounce back game he had a number of pressures was pretty good in the run game um I, i just thought he was he was good in this one so any any comments on him before we move on
1: yeah, I mean, it's been a tough month for him. I mean, I think you look at the fact that they played, like we said, three games in 12 days, and, and he is basically been holding down the defensive tackle position almost on his own. You know, I mean, yeah. they've been rotating guys in there. Watkins has obviously played a little bit of better football, had a nice pick, but. Uh, you know, overall, it's been Oso Digizua that's been stirring the drink in the middle of this defense. And then they've been, you know, rotating uh, defensive end types as pass rushers on some kind of NASCAR packages to kind of help get some pass there. And, you know, obviously Parsons has been blitzing in there too. So, but for the most part, as far as pure defensive tackle play, they've been very heavily reliant on this rookie who's had a very good season overall, but I think he just kind of hit a wall. I mean, that's a lot to ask for a young player Uh, I mean, I don't know that he's ever played three games in 12 days before. So uh, it was good to see him bounce back in this game. Uh, And I think, you know, it bodes well for the fact that you're going to get Hill back. You're going to get Gallimore back so you can hopefully kind of get a rotation going. So you're not constantly having to rely on Odigizua to be the kind of catalyst at your defensive tackle position. Now you might have some other guys who might be able to help you out there and, and get him some rest.
0: I'm really curious to see how this defensive line room shakes out when we get Tristan Hill back and you get Neville Gallimore back this week because Osa Digizua played 39 snaps uh, against the Saints. My guess is that's probably going to go down a little bit. Wouldn't you think? Probably closer to 30 snaps a game. I would think probably. so.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Over the last two games, though, Landon, Carlos Watkins has played 49 snaps, Justin Hamilton, 69 snaps. Wow. Is Carlos
1: Watkins going to be the guy that gets squeezed out of the rotation? You know, I mean, that's an interesting question because and, – and I have not looked at his snap distribution, but I know that one of the things that Watkins can do is that he can play that one technique. He can play that kind of nose, mm-hmm. nose technique a little bit more than you would like to give Osa a bunch of snaps there. So uh, I wonder if anything that maybe – Hamilton snaps comes that back down a little bit and then Watkins you know uh kind of eats into his uh, one technique snaps a little bit well and then they may maybe just move Watkins more to a full time one technique role to make room for all the other three techniques there's
0: also a chance Quentin Bohana played 25 snaps over the last two weeks there's my guess is he's just not going to be active next week right maybe
1: that, that and, certainly could be a possibility.
0: And then maybe you see Watkins maybe take more of the Bohana snaps and he's playing, you know, 15. I, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting that Justin Hamilton has played so much, but maybe he's the one that sees fewer snaps when Tristan Hill and Gallimore come back. Um, all right. So also have good game. Let's talk about a bad thing, Landon. Um,
1: the linebackers. Oof, oof. Um, Can Vinger I just say, I Go feel ahead. like we said this before, but it's, Absolutely insanity that we have this really decent de- defensive secondary that's been playing very good football and this really good defensive line that's been rushing the passer and we cannot solve the linebacker problem. Like if you had told yourself that before week one, yeah, what would you have said to yourself? Well, like I,
0: I was actually listening to one of our shows from July and we were we were talking about linebacker pairings. Who do we want on the field? Uh, do we want a combo of Jalen Smith and Layton Vanderesh? And Leighton Van Der Esch, do you want Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal or do you want Micah Parsons and Dribble Cox? And now the answer is I have no idea. I just want Parsons Damn. out there. And the other guy just don't kill us, please. Because yeah. did not think I, I did not think Layton Vanderesh played all that well. I don't think Keanu Neal played all that well in this game game either. And I don't know what you do going forward, Layton, because the linebackers are a huge, huge problem for them. And this is kind of coming back to the Michael Parsons conversation. I think Parsons is more valuable as an edge rusher because that, you know, that position is so valuable. He's playing that position better than he is linebacker, but your linebackers are so weak right now. And if you can play Gregory into Marcus Lawrence at defensive end, and you could have Parsons at off the ball linebacker, maybe that's the best overall spot for the defense. I, I don't know. I just, what were your thoughts on the linebackers in this game?
1: I think those are my thoughts, honestly. I think my, my thought process is that you Parsons is the solution here. He's really the the only solution you're looking at right it's now. It's unfortunate, so, though,
0: because he's such a good edge course, rusher, though.
1: Of course. And, and you can still use him that way. But, but I also think that, you know, at this point, the Cowboys need Parsons on the field as much as possible in some role. Whether it's linebacker and defensive, end, like what you really can't afford is not to have Micah Parsons on the field.
0: Well, and that's the argument, right? Do you would you rather have Parsons sixty-five plays a game at linebacker or Parsons forty plays at edge?
1: I think I'd rather have Parsons at fifty snaps of both. That's where I. That's where I get. <laughs> no, I mean that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean is that's that, probably you know?
0: the right answer. You're, you're probably right
1: to be honest. Yeah, is is to get like you know and and honestly i think it's closer to 35 snaps if he's playing full defensive and it, it's it's really really difficult so i do think that it's like a 50 You know, 45 snap thing where he's he's playing edge when they need him to on on key third downs, but he's playing linebacker when they need him to, too, because, you know, they need him on early downs to kind of get some of these teams into third and long situations. So, uh, yeah, now that you've got Gregory back, now that you've got uh, Lawrence back, you can afford to do that a lot more. I mean, that's that was the other thing before is that you just couldn't afford to not have uh, Parsons rush the passer you've got guys back at both the defensive end positions and also in in the defensive tackle position. So your front four looks a lot more solid than it did just even a week ago. So uh, I think that, that means that you can afford to play him some more snaps at, at linebacker. And then the idea being that, you know, if you needed to, when you need him to, he can be a pass rusher. You kick Lawrence inside and suddenly you've got a real good front four rushing the passer.
0: I I agree with you. I think that is the solution. Now it seems like I say this every week, but, not having Donovan Wilson hurts a lot here when your linebackers are struggling because if you have Donovan Wilson, you can play more of Jaron Ron Kearse as a linebacker. In fact, you can drop Donovan Wilson down in the box, and he's going to take on the run just as good as those other two guys are. So yeah. maybe by the time we get back to the playoffs or we get close to the playoffs, we'll see Wilson back, and maybe that helps mitigate some of the problems at linebacker. But Leighton Vanderash is just a train wreck right now, Leighton. I don't know what you do with him. I really don't.
1: Yeah. he's just, uh, you know, he, it's, it's very similar to what happened with Jalen, right. Where it just feels like he's lost all the bursts athleticism and athleticism. And I don't know if it's just injuries piling up or whatever, but he just doesn't, doesn't look like the same athlete at all that he used to. So he just looks like a big slow guy instead of a big guy that moved in, like incredibly well for someone his size, that, that side of his game is gone and, and, when you know, it. it you think about when we go all the way back to our evaluations of of Leighton Vander Esch, right? When we talked about how he didn't really take blocks on coming out of college because mm-hmm. he didn't ever learn to, because he didn't ever need to, right? He, he was so, so athletic, athletic yeah. he can just get around the blocks and, and get through them and slip them. Uh, he can't do that now. He doesn't have that athleticism, and then without the skill set to take on linebackers, it's kind of hard to teach him at this point. Uh, he's like kind of neither here nor there, and, and 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 that's not a good spot to be for a big kind of bulky linebacker who, you know, doesn't really move that well in the grand scheme of linebackers.
0: I think he'll be okay. Like this week against Washington, that's a team that I think he'll be fine against. But my bigger concern is when you play the Cardinals here in a couple of weeks, when you play the Packers in the playoffs, if you play the Rams in the first round of the playoffs, that's a guy that that good head coaches and good offenses are just going to scheme against. And I, you might just have to take him right off the field because he just doesn't move well and then it goes back
1: to Parsons right you know like when you play when you play the Cardinals you're gonna just gonna likely need Parsons to play linebacker simply because you may want him to spy you know Murray you may want him just to play the run a little bit so he's not so susceptible to what you know Cliff King, Kingsbury's offense wants to do uh I just think that there are games where you know, and again, it, it kind of goes back to this idea that we shouldn't be pushing, holding him to one position. We should yeah. be deployed. Like that's what we should be doing is deploying him appropriately based on opponent. Uh, so we shouldn't, get, we shouldn't get so caught up in whether he's playing defensive end or linebacker only
0: uh, one more note on the defense before we move on Anthony Brown. I mean, just so much better this game. He was targeted 14 times, uh, only gave up 54 yards, which is incredible. It's really easy for a cornerback to get their confidence shaken after a bad game in which you got four pass interferences and you you gave up, you know, the big penalty of the game that that lost you you lost you on Thanksgiving. I thought he bounced back really well. I and mean, just a testament to how well Brown has played really all season long.
1: Yeah. I mean, he really has had an incredible season. Um, and this is kind of this is the kind of the Anthony Brown that we all hoped that we would get, you Mm -hmm. know, after his rookie season is a guy that came into the league as a late round pick and immediately became a contributor has been a solid player for the Cowboys these last few years, you know, had a rough year last year. There's no way around it. And I think the overall fan base got lost confidence in him because it felt like this was kind of the last year to, for him to kind of turn it around a little bit, but I think he showed you, all throughout his career, that he has talent, he belongs in this. Uh, I think you know his injuries really, really kind of hurt him last year. Uh, you know, has hurt his play, uh, and I think this year, you know, he's really battled through. And you know, he's had some up and down games. Mm-hmm. He's a cornerback in the NFL. That's that's going to be part of it. So, uh, but I think the, the the key thing is is that he's had probably more good games than bad, uh, and he's definitely Not you know done. made it worth his t- worth the time, and, and and to the point where all throughout the offseason we talked about when was the timeline for uh for joseph to take over that job like that's not even a question at this point right now and not that the joseph has played specifically poorly it's just he yeah. hasn't played at all like you know because brown has been so good that he hasn't had an opportunity to be on the field i will point out just because I'm, I'm ragging on 24 a little bit have you noticed how he has been he's kind of turned into the special teams ace yeah like, he's a good gunner isn't he he uh, two or three times during that game, he was down uh, at the re- at the returner like first by ten yards, probably, yeah. uh, which really shows a great not only his speed but uh, his great ability to uh, you know fight through the double teams and the blocks that are happening there. So so you know, good on Joseph, kind of making himself useful uh, while kind of wait waiting his time for for an opportunity to kind of take on Brown. Uh,
0: just really quickly on the cornerback thing, I'm really curious to see what happens next year because. Diggs yeah. under contract. Jordan Lewis signed a deal this offseason that has him guaranteed through the 2023 season. You drafted Kelvin Joseph. You drafted Nation Wright. But you also have Anthony Brown under contract for one more year. Now, you could cut him and save $5 million against the cap, but good That's, corners are hard to find. And yeah, do you five really, Is it worth cutting him and
1: saving that, or do you want to just keep keep your depth? I would keep him, man. I mean, five million dollars is nothing for the way he's playing. Like, yeah. really, like, seriously. And even if, even if Joseph comes on and you want to start Joseph, suddenly you've got a, a quarterback trio of, of of an oncoming Joseph, Diggs, and Brown as like potentially your slot corner, and then you can kind of configure them oh, however you need.
0: You still you can still have Jordan Lewis under contract. Yeah. You still have Nation Wright kind of waiting in the wings. You have Reggie yeah. Robinson still on the team as well. Brees Kennedy, maybe he comes back next year. Uh, it's a good problem to have. Uh, all yeah. right. Let's, uh, let's take one more break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your bonus. All you have to use is promo code On From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. We also want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next bar at BiltBar.com. All right, Landon, let's wrap up the NFC East from the weekend. Uh, let's start with Washington, who beat the Raiders 17-15. to 15. It's actually the second straight week the Washington football team has won a game 17-15. to 15. Uh, Their offense continues to sputter a little bit. Uh, they walked the ball up and down the field on the first drive of the game, uh, did not do much the rest of the day. We've had the Eagles, who are now firmly entrenched into a quarterback controversy with Gardner Absolutely. Minshew against Jalen Hurts. And then we have the Giants who put up nine points against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Mike Glennon, twenty-three of forty-four for one hundred and eighty-seven yards, and he got hurt, meaning Jake Fromm will start this week for the Giants. So
1: I can only fought, assume he hurt his neck, right? Because like, he, did, he got like, a concussion.
0: It's, so
1: oh, okay. I'm assuming he, his huge neck yeah, just went back. And <laughs> uh, which team are you the most nervous about in this in this division? I mean, uh, it's Washington simply because they have two games against us. Like that's that's really it. And and they're two games back. So if they win both games, then suddenly they're you know in a position to kind of put the Cowboys in a bad spot. But I'm not actually worried about it. I mean, I think that the the, the issue is that the offense for the 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 uh I was gonna say the the Redskins, but they're not that the 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 offense for the Washington football team uh is yeah like you said sputtering to say the least you know they still have uh, taylor heineke a quarterback who is a guy that you could root for is a great backup but again ultimately at the end of the day like is a flawed player to say the least uh and and kind of a difficult player to kind of rest your offense off they lose logan thomas i think at some in the middle of the game i can't even remember he's out for the season yeah Yeah, he's out for the season um you know, I just think that Washington's the team simply because they have the opportunity. Um, but you know, all this "we want Dallas" talk, like you know, it's you, you got, just it this got week. You just got to to 500 guys, and and it's it, congratulations on getting there. But it's yeah, it's not exactly a, a feared opponent. I, I think the Cowboys need to go in and win this game. It's 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 an NFL opponent, but I, I'm not like you know sweating this game like it was the Tampa Bay Bucks game or anything.
0: I do want to say here's Washington's drives after their first first drive of the game. They scored a touchdown. That was a fantastic drive. Punt, 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 halftime. Punt, touchdown drive, interception, and then a field goal drive where Taylor Heineke three times in the same drive threw the ball to a Raider defender who dropped it. That yep. was their entire offense against the Raiders. So, I mean, they can, they'll have some drives that are really, really nice um, and they'll look good and, and Heineke will look, you know, competent, but way too often. They're just not consistent at all. And that's kind of what we knew Washington would be this year. They're going to be a team that probably wins around eight to nine games, but it's not a real contender. The Cowboys need to show them that, you know, on Sunday, that's, that's the case. Uh, are you nervous about
1: that game at all? The, this Washington game? Yeah. Not, you know, not really because I think, you know, the thing that the, really the Cowboys have struggled with is when there's an offense that has a quarterback that consistently can kind of, you know, deftly move the ball with accuracy, right? And then a, on a run game that can really take advantage of it. I just don't know that the Redskins have that. I mean, the Washington football team has that because, you know, the, the, Heinecke is such a high variance player. It's what makes him exciting to watch and what makes him easy, I think, for Washington football team fans to root for. But I think when you're forced to uh, kind of make him be consistent and 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 you know drive the ball the length of the field to score touchdowns, you know, he just can't really do it. And I think that what you just brought up is a great example of the you know, three different times that the Raiders football players got their hands on the ball and couldn't come down with it. Yep. I just don't know that they're going to have that same luck with the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys yep. have had have done a really good job of, of converting on those type of plays and, and, and turning them into interceptions. So, uh, you know, I think the, the, the biggest uh, uh, disadvantage that Washington probably has in this game Uh, is their offense versus our defense. And not that our defense is elite, but our defense has been pretty good. They're about to get even better. And Washington's offense is kind of trending in the opposite direction. And without
0: Logan Thomas, they just don't have anybody across the middle of the field that really scares you. Um, I I think McLaurin could be a bad matchup for Dallas with Trevon Diggs because it's not really the type of receiver he does. You know, he covers very well, but Heineke's not really the kind of quarterback that meshes well with you know, Terry McLaurin, right? It's just, they, they're not really on the same page. We've seen that he over the last couple of weeks.
1: He can't really take advantage of Terry McLaurin's skill set the way that, you know, you would hope that it would really scare you. I think the Cowboys are going to be very able to kind of keep it all in front of them. Again, this is, this is not, this is not the kind of offense that's a bad matchup for this team, right? Like, because Taylor Heineke specifically can't do the two things that have hurt the Cowboys this year. Like I said, drive the length of the field with accuracy and, and you know consistency, and then drive the ball down the field as in, in big plays. Heineke, you know, is a very like let's just be kind below average cor- mm-hmm. armed quarterback. He struggles to get the ball down the field without you know kind of rainbowing it, which is going to give opportunities for players to catch up. Uh, and, but even like in the intermediate you know cross hash type field throws. You know the ball struggles to get there. It it go. It doesn't show up on a rope. It allows cornerbacks the opportunity to get back there. That's why is that? For te-
0: for, yeah, for, I just for don't Washington.
1: know that it's a good matchup for Washington because you know they're gonna. The Cowboys gonna play a bunch of man coverage. It's gonna make him can throw accurately down the field if he wants to. If he wants to get it down the field, I don't know that he can necessarily do that consistently. Now, there are fluky elements that obviously the Cowboys don't tackle well if the Cowboys yeah. can't seem to you know keep him in the pocket or or tackle him when he gets out of the pocket there are certainly ways they can win this football game but I think on a on paper just looking at it initially this is not a good matchup for the Washington uh, football team I will that.
0: say there are <laughs> there are certain types of quarterbacks that give Cowboys fits and I, we're talking about the non-elite quarterbacks like yeah. the Teddy Bridgewater the Case Keenum types that get rid of the ball quickly and accurately That can put together the long drives do give the Cowboys problems that have if playmakers too yeah, playmakers yeah, yeah if you watch Taylor Heineke this year he's somebody who likes to try to extend the play he holds the ball for a long time and with the cowboys getting their pass rushers back this that could be a bad formula for Washington if he's trying to do too much i think that's where he's gonna get in trouble we're gonna have plenty of time this week to preview this game uh we're gonna talk to Chris Russell from Lockdown Washington uh, we're going to do a preview show later this week. Tomorrow, though, Lane, we're back to doing questions. I know we haven't yes. done that in a while. Normal so week, guys. To, yeah. Make sure you guys send those in to us. I can't wait to, to see what you guys want to talk about. Uh, you can follow the show, uh, Locked on Cowboys, on Twitter. You can follow us on YouTube. Please continue to download, support the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Follow Lane in, at NicoleBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.